another episode of the 288 football podcast <laughs> my name is anthony sitting right across from you trying to hold a straight face via zoom as always is my pal de quincy trying and failing miserably we're, we're leaving that in oh, you so got yeah so every time that we start a podcast i give anthony a countdown I go three, two, one, and then I give him the finger guns. This time I give him the finger guns and I hit my microphone <laughs> and knocked it down. And oh. Anthony was trying so hard not to laugh. When you do these on Zoom, it's like you see everything going on. And oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I barely held it in and, and so did you. You don't get to do almost 200 of these things without some kind of incident happening. Right. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good. I, uh, I'm i good. Just uh, a little tired. It's been a long week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought I'd watch some football today. And then I decided, oh, I think we should probably do a podcast instead. Yeah, full disclosure. We weren't going to start recording until about 4 o'clock. And... Um, this Buccaneers um, Eagles game has been so bad. Anthony texted me like 20 minutes ago, like, hey, would you like to start the podcast earlier before t- the next game? I was like, I would love to. Yeah, because, uh, you know, if anything, hey, for all we know, the next game could be a blowout as well. But at least I won't have sat, sat through two blowouts. Like, yeah, let's see. We had one good game on Saturday, and the Bills Patriots were just an an ass whooping today. We domination, man. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you're good, little, good for the Bills, though. It's like when your little brother finally beat you in the game and beat you convincingly. That's what that right. was. Um, I'm man. I hope that the uh, Cowboys 49ers game is a good one because I believe with all my heart that that uh. Uh, Steelers Chiefs game is going to be a blowout. One sided weekend mm-hmm. looks like. Mm-hmm. We're like, you know, this whole NFL season has been just a malaise. I don't know what what the best way to put it. Like, I haven't had like there hasn't been a real dominant team. Um, no, our team sucked from beginning to end. Uh, it, it just feels like a. It's been a fight just to get to the end. Like there's been, there's been very little enjoyment for any for well me in particular. I don't know about other football fans. Like if you're the fans of the Titans or the Chiefs or the Packers, I'm sure you've enjoyed the season. But for me personally, it's felt like like this has been the year that I've watched the least amount of football. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't Same even here. have to do do with the Texans, you know, being shitty. It's just been it's been a bad product all year round. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's interesting. Cause it's like, there hasn't been that one dominant team. So it really does throw everything up in the air. Um, I guess until, well, not really. Cause it's like, 
the way Tampa's playing right now during this game, the way Buffalo played last night, Saturday night, um, I think it's it is going to whittle away the you know they're going to just chip away at the teams that probably should have been in here in the first place, but <laughs> like the Eagles, the Steelers, right. yeah. So, but up until the playoffs, like it was a it was an interesting season in the sense that there wasn't like one one or two like dominant teams like you knew were going to you know going to be the front run. Um, but at the same time, it also adds to like like you said, the malaise where it's like, okay, well, I don't, you know, I don't know if I can sit through an 18 week season now, 18 week Mm -hmm. season of uncertainty and uh, you know, just to get to the playoffs, just to see Tom Brady winning in another blowout, just to see another Packers first round bye week. Uh, You know, the, the same players are still there. It's just they didn't stand out as much this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to me, people – well, not people, but the NFL is talking about adding on an 18 game. <laughs> oh, God. And I'm like, you're going to make this like like baseball. You know, people complain about baseball being too long. They only have to pay attention for certain parts of the season. That's what football has become to me. Especially, you know, every year – in every sport, people say they want parity. They want, you know, every team to have an opportunity. And then when that happens, there's such a malaise. It's like, yeah. when do we get to the playoffs? None of this matters. I'm like, you guys say, oh, you want you want everything to be equal and everybody have a chance, but you don't like that. You like it when the Warriors are running the NBA, when the <laughs> Astros are on top of baseball, when um, the, the, Lakers. Pa- the Lakers, the Patriots, the Chiefs. Y'all like it when there's one dominant team because it gives you someone to root against. Mm-hmm. When everybody's just somewhere between C plus to B plus, it's not as fun. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of people call for parity because their team isn't that good. You just want your own team to have a chance to, to get into the playoffs and, you know, luck into a ring. That's really the reason why I watch, you know, it's for my team. I, I don't, you know, whatever team I'm rooting for, which, you know, more times than not is a Houston team, whether it's mm-hmm. the Texans, the Rockets or whoever, you know, uh, if, if the Texans are doing poorly, I'm not going to keep up as much. Um, and then, yeah, it does just make the wait longer to get to the playoffs where, you know, by week six, I was already ready. <laughs> like, okay, what are we doing? This team isn't going anywhere. Uh, who am I going to root for in the playoffs? Like, are we there yet? You know, that's that's about it. But yeah, now this, that we're adding more games. It's like oh, that weight that you know. And this testing season, my patience. This season is just it's a combination of things from other sports. You know, we talk about the Texans; they were ass this entire year. Uh, the Rockets rebuilding and the Astros. We have no idea when. If the season goes start, like, how do you feel about your prediction that spring training was going to start on time? No, there's no chance, man. I mean, your prediction of April is yeah. looking more and more likely. My prediction of April is seeming optimistic now. Right. Yeah. But yeah, this is, it's just a malaise. It's, we're in a sports malaise right now. And it sucks. Speaking of suck. 
One David Cully was released from his job uh, a couple of days ago. Um, so I have, yeah, thanks for coming. You were the man of the hour, not mm-hmm. the man for the job necessary. Um, I have thoughts about it. What about you? I'll let you go first. Uh man, it's a, it's a weird one. It's like it's not surprising, but it is because it's like uh, he was in a no-win situation and. It's very scapegoatish, you know. It's like, what was the point of? It's just, it's very bizarre just to to hire that guy with the intention of firing him from the outset, and then giving him like three or four year, a three or four year contract when he's sixty five years old, being a first time coach. It's like, uh, if anything, I hope David Kelly got a good contract. Got oh, a lot yeah. of money out of that deal because he got about twenty. I think somewhere between twenty to twenty-three million. Twenty-three million. Uh, that's what I saw on Twitter. Like his contract was um, had some guarantee. Like at least I think the money was guaranteed for three to four years. In fact, I will Google. What? I would think a first-year coach would be make make maybe a million, maybe two million. They're giving him four or five million a year. Uh, Tom Pesero, uh, reporter for the NFL Network. Uh, this is a tweet that came out on the 13th. The Texans owe David Cully another 17 million over the next three years. So Cully works, walks away with roughly 22 million for one season at Houston's head coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know everything, not everything is about money and whatnot. People can buy, people can be happy without money. Mm-hmm. And people with money can also be very happy. Um, and we shouldn't envy other people's fortunes and, and uh, you know, look down on other people's misfortunes. But uh, this has completely changed my opinion now because it's like he, he walks away with $20 million and he doesn't have to work now. Like he doesn't have to be a head coach. I'm really confused because the Texans press conference yesterday may seem like they knew all along he was going to be a coach for one year. And if that's true, why the hell do you guarantee him so much money and so yeah. many years? I, I mean, I, you feel bad that he lost his job, but like if he's walking out with that kind of money, good for him. <laughs> I mean, he, now he doesn't have to be attached to a, a miserable organization for another three years. Um, and his, uh, he doesn't have to, uh, you know, his, his legacy will not be further tarnished. And he's got $20 million, you know, in his mid-60s now to just go enjoy. Like, I say all the time this team does the most inane, stupid, bonehead things. And this is this is another one. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like, how you're throwing, away money. You're th- throwing away money, and then people are going to make the um, they're going to defend them. And be like, oh, well, that just means that they, if they're willing to throw away money, that means they're willing to admit they made a mistake and change their mind. I'm like, but the point is, you're throwing bad money away. Mm-hmm. Like. 22 million can go a hell of a long way into building 
your coaching staff for your for your next head coach yeah. and you just threw it away on a guy that you knew that you weren't going to keep for more than a year doesn't make any sense not not one bit of sense like thank god the jacksonville jaguars are in our division or else we would be the dumbest fucking football team in the afc south <laughs> that's the only thing saving this this sorry franchise good lord Man, well, you know, that's 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 really weird. But now I feel less bad for him. <laughs> I mean, to walk away with all that money and not have to deal with any of that anymore, like walk away with all that money for coaching a shitty team that everyone knew that was shitty to begin with. Mm-hmm. I, oh, and then it's right. kind of a, kind of steams me as well because he really wasn't a good coach. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've had discussions on this very podcast. We were talking about should he be fired. He made and just some of the um, most questionable coaching decisions, let me put it politely, um, being and too non, conservative. And non-calls, too. Yeah, just being too conservative at the worst times. Uh, they – what was the team? Uh, the, they had games they shouldn't have won against the Patriots, the Dolphins, someone else that I'm forgetting – um uh it was a Thursday night game. Was it against the Bengals? Maybe. They should have won that last game against the Titans. Yes. They should have been closer to 500 than what they really ended up. Mm-hmm. Oh, and did I not tell you that they were gonna mess around and beat some team they had no business beating? Chargers? Yeah. The Jets, they lost by a touchdown. Uh, let's see. The Panthers, they lost on, on a Thursday night by three scores. That uh, Oh, that was the one where they were just – if they had been more aggressive at the beginning, that game would have been closer. The Browns mm-hmm. game that, um, that they basically lost because uh, their quarterback went out. name escapes me right now. I hate when I can picture people's faces in my mind, Baker. but I have no idea who they're. Oh no, our quarterback. Or, uh, oh man. Uh, See, you can, you can picture him, but you can't remember his name. Yeah. yeah. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. Alliteration. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I know at the beginning of the season, I said that they would be within two touchdowns of every game. And or two scores of every game, whichever way I said that in the beginning of the year. And they were, it's like they heard that and were like, well, let's go fuck up his podcast. <laughs> um, I think the game I was thinking was the Panthers game. Yeah, it was the, no, no, it must have been the Patriots game. That's what I'm thinking of. That was a, that was a much closer game. It was like mm-hmm. 25 to 22. And then the game they blew against the Jets. Um, They again. lost to the Dolphins by eight points. Yeah, again, thanks for the thank God for the Jaguars in this division. I mean, it just I said at the beginning of the season that they would be a prepared team because it's full of veterans, and it just did not seem that way. It felt like a JV team taking on a varsity team. 
mm-hmm. in some weeks. And I'm not going to lie to anybody. There were some weeks where I saw the matchup and I had no interest in interest in watching. I didn't see like the Seahawks game, the Chargers game, basically any of the last like six, seven games I did not pay attention to. There was just no point. Yeah. What do I want to watch the Jets for? Like, What do I want to watch them lose to the Jets for? <laughs> right, that's true. So Dave Cully will, you know, he's riding off to the sunset with his $22 million. Oh, God. Where does um, that leave this team? I mean, this is a bad team. A lot of uh, a big, like a big roster of one-year deals. So, so I heard on ESPN, uh, one of the talking heads was talking about how the Texans are such a bad team to go to. And I pushed back against that for one reason and one reason only. There's only 32 of these jobs. Yeah, I mean, somebody's going to take it. Like, nobody's going to. There isn't. There aren't any renegade coaches who are going to walk into an interview and say, you know, I just took this interview just to let you know your team, your organization stinks. Mm-hmm. I don't want this job. Nobody should take this job. Suck it, Trebek. <laughs> and then, you know, just mic drop and walk out. Like, no, someone's definitely going to take his job because yeah. there's only 32 opportunities in the NFL. Now, um, is it going to be another David Cully type that's a clear scapegoat? Or is it going to be someone with reputation? Or is it going to be, uh, you know, a, a, just a, another retread? Well, I can tell you who they've uh, done interviews with right now. Mm-hmm. They've done interviews with three um, three candidates. First off, Brian Flores, a former Dolphins head coach. Right. Joe Lombardi, the Chargers offensive coordinator. And the one that really came out of left field for me, Heinz Ward. Mm-hmm. It's like he's tossing his name into uh... – or throwing his hat into the coaching for it. Which I, he's not in football at the moment, is he? He's not in the NFL. He's the receivers coach for Florida Atlantic. Okay. Okay. So he's doing some coaching. Um, yeah. He also spent two seasons on the Jets staff as offensive assistant. Okay. And then there's talks there the room there's another rumor that they were also looking at gerard mayo from where else of course <laughs> none other than new england yes the patriot way um and you now know, that they're out of the playoffs it looks like you know they can go forward and probably get an interview with them pretty quickly you know i had tweeted that people shouldn't get their hopes up for um uh, Brian Flores, because obviously the Texans will go after a former Patriots person like Josh McDaniels. <laughs> right. And then I found out uh, Flores actually spent time in New England. So that, that just that helped too. this case. All uh, the more reason to go get him. If I'm Texans, I go, I, I hand him the bag. You see what he did with Miami, with the Miami. They had back-to-back winning seasons. Uh, this season, they started one and seven and finished nine and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first coach in NFL his- history to have a team start off one and seven and finish above 500. And f- from all accounts, he's he was well respected in the locker room. <coughs> Sorry. And they really need a win. 
I feel like he's the best coach out there. Yeah, I mean, at this point, why not go after the best available coach? Um, we've had what the last two coaches were just guys. It seems like at this point, mm. Bill O'Brien was just like part of the Patriot way and and whatnot, but and a good college football coach. Uh, I you know I'm not gonna you know uh, knock that, but um. Clearly, you know, I don't know. Just didn't seem to have what it takes to be a, you know, a, a championship caliber coach in the NFL. And then you got David Cully, who, you know, we've talked about. I've harped on this so many times. It's like you're hiring a 65 year old first year head coach. Like whether you're going to fire him in one year or three years or whatever, he's still not in your long term plans. Mm-hmm. But um, and you gave up, or you know, you you uh, you didn't even attempt to go after Eric Bieniemy last year, and that just further made things worse. I don't what know. Happened? I don't know. Speaking of him, I don't know what happened. Maybe it's because of the season that the Chargers had or it's because he's no longer Chiefs. the the Chiefs, excuse me, or because he's no longer the the shiny object in everyone's face, but no one has been talking about him as a head coach candidate. Yeah. And by this time last year, everybody was wondering what team he would be in charge of. And now it's like, oh, well, he, of course he's going to stay with the Chiefs. It's like, what happened? Like, the Chiefs only had like a four-week period where they were below average and mm-hmm. they still finished as, what, the two seed this year? Yeah. And it's like, do you the like? Do you guys just forget about him or something? But this, uh, but going back to Flores, there's one thing I want to talk about. Like, what happened to him in Miami? Him getting fired? It's so reminiscent of um of what happened in Detroit a couple of years ago with um. God, I've been thinking about this guy all day, and now that I'm on the podcast, I can't remember his name. Jim Caldwell? Yes, thank you. Jim Caldwell. Where the um, Lions fired Jim Caldwell because he went back-to-back nine and seven seasons and got him in the playoffs, and the ownership was like, oh, nine and seven isn't good enough here. And I don't think they've won nine games since. Yeah. Detroit Lions record. Oh, that would be by year. In fact, I would look that up. When did he get fired? After the 2017 season, leaders when they got fired. So after they went 10 and 6, 3, 12, and 1. <laughs> yeah. And then they just finished this year. What the Lions finished this year? Like 4 and 13, I think. Or 3 and 14. Three, 13, and one. Oh, that's right. They tied with uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, I was missing some seasons in the other one. So the Caldwell was fired after the 2017 season. They went nine and seven and missed the playoffs. They hired Matt Patricia and they went 10 and six his first year, three, 12, and one his second year, 
five and eleven his third year where he got fired. They hired um what's his name? Campbell. Dan Campbell, first year, three, thirteen, and one. Caldwell had a 36 and 28 record with Indy or with Detroit. That's <laughs> with, incredible. They went okay under Caldwell. The Lions went 11 and 5, 7 and 9, and then the two, 9 and 7. He only had one year under 500. I don't for remember the De, for the Detroit Lions. I don't remember them coming close to even seven wins in recent memory. Those four years must have just been a blur because <laughs> they were really good, it looks like. But they made the decision that that wasn't good enough and they haven't reached that level since. And it feels like that's what's going to happen to the Dolphins. Like they decided that nine and seven, nine and eight wasn't good enough. And it's like, well, you guys haven't been anything in years. I don't know why you think all of a sudden you're supposed to be this franchise powerhouse. Right. And like he was the only person at the division that could actually beat Bill Belichick. I think the, when he was there, they went four and two against the Patriots. Yeah. It just, and then all the rumors start coming out about him and his, and the Dolphins pursuit of um, Deshaun Watson, and now they're trying to turn and make it seem like he was the only one involved in that. Like he won Deshaun Watson over the owner's objections. But I'm like, you're the owner. Like everything begins and ends with you. If you didn't want Deshaun Watson, you could have just said no. Mm-hmm. And then there was a report early in the year that. The own the owner, um, I think his name is Ross. Steven. Steven Ross, yeah. Like he had a conversation with Deshaun Watson, basically like, hey, if you can get rid of these accusations, we can bring you in, which is why Deshaun Watson, I don't know, you saw the report, but he was like offering uh I think it was a hundred thousand dollars to um the accusers wow. to each one, just to end them. And I think out of 22, four of them refused. And since it, it was basically an all or nothing thing, so that's why mm. the cases are still ongoing right now. Dang. But if you're the owner and you didn't want Deshaun Watson to begin with, why the hell are you having those the conversations with Deshaun Watson? Like, you can just say, no, we're not doing this, which, which tells me, like, these ownerships, when something happens, they immediately find the right reporter to talk to, like Adam Schefter, and they give out their variation of the story of what happened. And it doesn't even matter if it lines up with, you know, the truth or anything. Yeah. Cause like we could go back four or five months before the trade deadline and see what these, the very same writers were saying about how bad um, Miami GM ownership wanted to bring in Watson and get rid of Tua. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, uh, Stephen Ross never wanted to do that. That was completely led by um, by Flores. So they were already they're, – they're Flores might be, the, might be the best thing that happened to Flores is to mm-hmm. just get out of that situation because it's – doesn't seem like anybody's on the, on the same page over there either. No. Um, one of the things I learned, like, when – uh, going back a couple years in the draft, when they drafted Tua, Flores wanted Justin Herbert instead. Wow. 
Yeah, so imagine where that team would be if they had gotten Herbert instead of Tua, who it's no fault of his own that he's been hurt, but still. Like if they had if they had Justin Her- Herbert instead, he's he's still the head coach of the uh Miami Dolphins right now. Mm-hmm. So that's the way the cookie crumbles. So and like that's one of the things where I could see him like because that happened, I could see him trying to come into whatever team and ask for like full control over the roster. And I'm I don't know how that's gonna work with the Texans because doesn't seem to ever work with the Texans. No, no, I'm talking about the power structure that the Texans have right now. Mm-hmm. Where it's um who who's the GM? Nick is it Casario? Casario and the the preacher man. Jack Easterby. Yeah. Which who I've still never seen. He's like this Oz type figure. Because that it, it reminds me of when um when in our friendship group we had Chris uh Chris <laughs> Watson and you swore he wasn't real we just made up Chris Watson to fuck with you for the longest. I just still didn't know you guys that well. I, I didn't know who to trust. <laughs> you're like you're very saying early on in our friendship. You're saying his whole name. He can't be real. <laughs> and I still haven't met the guy either. Yes, you have. Have I? I swear you've came to a game or Steve and Laura's house, something like that. You've met him. No, we're not going into 2022 okay. with the same bullshit. <laughs> He's a real man. <sighs> I'll take your word for it this time. Um, I know I've known you long enough now to, to oh, trust you. Now I can be trustworthy. No. <laughs> I made up with a whole ass person just fuck. <laughs> but if we go back to the Texas man, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work because it seemed like between Nick, uh, give me his last name again. I can never say it right. Casario, Casario, Casario. Like apparently he was in uh, David Cully's um, headset during games, which is nothing. Which is something that no other GM does. And I've never heard of that. Yeah. Oh, and another thing that came out. So the Texans were talking, there were rumors within the organization, which of course comes from above. Like the one, the reason they fired Cully is because he wouldn't change his, um, his uh, coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And A then staff that he didn't even get to pick. Cully came out like in his extra interview was like, yeah, I didn't have any control over that. So I'm like, it just, just the lies that come out like you got to know who you can and cannot trust when it comes to reporting and that goes with everything sports politics whatever and then it turns out he's he's it just seems like he's actually a really good guy then mm-hmm. because he was he was unwilling to fire guys that he didn't even get to vouch for or to pick but he still maintains some sort of sense of loyalty to these mm-hmm. guys yeah where i'd be like okay fine yeah Get out of here. I'd be like, I didn't hire him. Why are you asking me to fire him? Yeah. So, um, draft, the Texans will have the number three pick behind the Jacksonville Jaguars and I think the Detroit Lions. 
Not the Jets. What draft is this? This would be the 20... Oh, 2012. NFL draft order. NFL draft order. Tankathon. <laughs> uh, okay, so first five picks are going to be Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston, New York Jets, and then the New York Giants. Yeah, that sounds about right. In fact, the Giants have two picks in the first, in the top 10. Oh, wait, both the Giants and the Jets do. The Giants get Chicago's uh, pick at seven, and then the Jets get Seattle's pick at 10. And there's a very good chance they're going to screw both of those (laughs) picks up. Honestly, if I'm either one, well, let me rephrase that. If I was a guessing man, I would say that one of one of those teams, either Giants or the Jets, package at least one of those picks and maybe two and uh, pick next year for Deshaun Watson. You go look at this draft, and I've been saying all year, this draft is terrible for quarterbacks. And really, if I'm Houston and I'm at the third spot right now and there's someone down below that that has someone in mind they want to pick at three, I'm trading down and trying to get as many draft picks as I can. Because this year and next or just whenever? Whenever. Because the I almost said the Astros, the Texans need all the help they can get, man. Yeah. In fact, can you name the who are the five best players on the Texans excluding the nasty man <laughs> uh that kicker who uh replaced Bear Baron when he was out sick that one week <laughs> I should change the people who actually played more than four games see I don't even know who was on this roster for yeah. more than four games <laughs> I had no idea. That's why I went to the Madden uh, ratings. <laughs> Look. Um, well, it turns out it was Rex Burkhead. Because he wound up rushing pretty pretty hard towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um. Who's the uh, wide receiver? Um, do, 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 do. Condon, Brandon no, Cooks. Condon. Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cooks. Uh, let's see. And I can't think of any other standouts. Thank God for Rex Burkhead because he beat Mark Jackson out. Uh, Mark Ingram out. Excuse me for the most uh, rushing yards this year for uh-huh. a Texan. <laughs> Mark Ingram finished second with 294, and he was only on the team for seven games. <laughs> Rex Burkhead finished with 427. And a lot of that came in that one game against one game. <laughs> uh, the Chargers. He just they got a fourth of his a fourth or maybe even 30% of his uh, rushing yards in one game. 149. Yeah. Let me do the math real quick. Uh-huh. Myself. 
divided by how many did I say? Four twenty-seven. Did you remember? Comes out to almost thirty-five <laughs> percent. But yeah, come. Can you pick the five best Texans? I can't you say. It'd be Cooks, Tunsil, Burkhead, I guess. I guess. I'm on the, um, like I said, the Madden rosters, and it goes Cook. It goes, no, oh, Tunsil's number one, then Cooks, the Nasty Man, uh, Justin Reed, Desmond King, Danny Amendola. Jeez. Like, this team, it gets ugly quick on the team. Mm-hmm. And they still won more games than the Lions or the Jaguars. That's yeah. This team, they're going to just um, take as many lottery shots as they can, man. They cannot afford to just draft one player and think that's going to fix everything. Yeah. And this is going to be a couple of years in the making. The Texans probably won't be. Okay, when do you think the Texans will make the playoffs again? Oh, boy, that is a very tough question. Not a good question, but a very tough question. Um, man, maybe in three years? So, are you saying... There's, he... a lot of, there's a lot of players in this team that, that are going to be free agents. There's a lot of... The roster was a lot of one-year deals. So, you're going to have to rebuild that before you even attempt to like find your you know your your centerpiece pick or your centerpiece you know player so unless 20, you get Deshaun back oh sorry uh 2022 um no 2025 26 I think it might be that long yeah Well, I mean, this is in baseball where you're going to, you can go, you know, become the Yankees and sign every top free agent out there. I mean, once again, I hate when you go to a site and it automatically starts playing. Yeah. That's the annoying thing in the world. Um, What do you like? How do you feel about Davis Mills? Oh, man. What do you think his, let me ask, what do you think his ceiling is? I think he'd be a solid backup if you were able to get Watson back. I mean, at this point, I still would rather have Deshaun Watson than Davis Mills. But I would be fine with him as his backup. But is he the next Joe Burrow? Is he the next uh, Derek Carr? I don't think so. Guys that are good enough to get their teams into the playoffs. I don't I don't think he's that guy right now. And you know, maybe that's not fair because he is a rookie quarterback, but I mean look, Jalen Hurts is playing, you know, he one and done today, but he's in the playoffs. Um who else is a rookie in the playoffs this year? Oh uh 
Joe Burrow's a, a second or third year player. You know, that's pretty close. Uh, uh, was it Deacon Jones or what was the guy's name for New England? <laughs> Mac Jones. Mac Jones, that's right. <laughs> Deacon Jones was a defensive live for the Cowboys in like the 70s. <laughs> that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, and you've got um, uh, Cardinals, uh, Kyler Murray, you know, second year mm-hmm. player. I don't think he's good enough to be those guys to get their teams into the playoffs. So I'm looking at um, just a NFL ranking all the 32 starting quarterbacks this year, and they have Davis Mills at number 29 ahead of four, uh, fellow rookie Travis Lawrence, mm-hmm. fourth-year man Sam Darnold, and rookie Zach Wilson. You can make a case that Davis Mills had – one of the best rookie seasons this year, probably only beaten by Mac Jones because Mac Jones had a better team around him. Mm-hmm. If he had all, I feel like his career would be like, if he maxed out, he'd be somewhere in that 15 to 20 range, like where Kirk cousin was when he was as best, like a guy who's, if everything around him is right, he can make a run to the Super Bowl, but not a guy that you can rely on all the time. That's why I feel like his his um, ceiling could be. I'm just like, if he's on a good team, he could get you to the Super Bowl. And But he can't be the guy like... Deshaun Watson. Well, not, I was going to say Deshaun Watson. I was going to say like... Um, Joe Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert, guys like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe you're ranking them a little too low because of this team is just bad. <laughs> right. No, it's, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to put that bias aside based off what I've seen, you know, but um, I mean, look, he's definitely had flashes of, of uh, I'm not going to say brilliance, but he's had flashes of like, a very good, capable quarterback. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see him being a playoff guy, but I think if I, if I had to be more, more specific or narrow it down more, I, I see him more of an eight and eight guy. I think he's, he could be an eight and eight guy that probably is just on the cusp of making the playoffs, but misses out shortly. And again, like all of these guys, I hope he works hard over the offseason and proves me wrong and becomes that guy that you you think he can be, which is, you know, a playoff uh, conference championship bound type guy. I'm looking up something. Let me find Matt Jones real quick. Or as you called him, Deacon Jones. So, Mac Jones' stats for this year in 17 games, uh, 67.6 um, percentage, or percentage, 
over 3,800 passing yards, 7.3 yards per pass, 22 passing touchdowns, 10, I'm sorry, 13 interceptions, seven fumbles. This is crazy. From weeks one to 10, pro football focus graded him fifth among all quarterbacks. And then from eight, from 11 to 18, he was 24th. So a lot of his numbers um, came from the beginning of the season. But yeah, so that's Mac Jones. He's a pretty good quarterback. Mm. That passing accuracy, 67% in 13 and uh, 17 games. And then rolling all the way down to um, Davis Mills, who only played in 13 games. Passing accuracy, 66.8%. Yeah. Wow. Didn't think it was that high. Uh, yeah, he had less passing yards, uh, a shade over 2,600, 6.8 yards per pass. This number, these two numbers surprised me. 16 passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Where did those 16 t- <laughs> touchdowns come from? Uh, they came from us not paying attention. <laughs> Like, like I said, I just think you're underrating him. I think he's better than that. Like, let me go through this. Let me just go through. Would you rather have Davis Mills or Zach Wilson? Uh, right now, yeah, I would say Mills. Uh, Mills or Sam Darnold? Damn, Mills. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing here. Mills versus Lawrence. I'm just going. I'm going from the bottom to the top. Mills versus Lawrence. I say Lawrence. All right, going into next year, Mills versus Justin Fields. Justin Fields from Chicago. Yeah, fifty-eight point nine percent passer um, accuracy, seven passing touchdowns, ten interceptions, four hundred twenty rushing yards, two rushing TDs. I might take Fields. I but might Fields take- has, has more prestige or whatever pedigree. I might take Fields because it really felt like his coach was there to sabotage him. Yeah. So uh, moving on, going Mills versus Taylor Heineke. I don't even know who that is. Uh, That's like a fake name if you ask me. (laughs) Oh, we're not doing this again. Uh, uh, Quarterback for the Washington professional football team. Oh, yeah. Uh, I go Mills. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and for record, I'm saying who would you rather have going uh, starting next year? Mills had, um, sorry, Heineke had a nice little season, but he's already in his sixth year. He'll be it'll be his seventh year next year. I'd rather take the chance on Mills. Uh, moving up, Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> I don't uh, have a choice. Yeah. Big Ben is probably done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mills versus Daniel Jones. I see what you say. Okay, yeah, you're making you're making um, yeah. Oh, here's one you might think you're gonna think about Mills versus Baker Mayfield. Ooh, because you can make you can make the argument that he was not healthy after Texans game. The, after the Texans game was what? That was the second, third game of the season. Second, yeah, man. But it's always something with him. It's always an excuse. Man. 
I still think you got to take Baker. But let's 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 have that comparison one year from now after next season. Because right. this is gonna right. that's gonna be the big test. Yeah, you may be right, but Baker may feel like I think he's got one more year in yep. Cleveland uh, because they've already guaranteed they already picked up his uh, option for his fifth year. But if you compare what he's gonna be making next year compared to what Mills is gonna be making, like if I'm also throwing money in this thing, I'm probably gonna take Mills because sure, of course. As a third round pick, I think I'd take him. All right, continue on Mills versus Jared Goff. Uh, you want uh, golf stats? Yeah, fourteen games, passing accuracy seventy one point two percent, over thirty two hundred passing yards, uh, nineteen touchdowns, eight interceptions, nine fumbles, and fourteen games. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's it's uh, and Detroit was a better team technically. Well, I don't know. You know, I, I mean, now we're thinking about money and all that kind of stuff. I guess he would go Mills. And also, this is this will be Jared Goff's seventh year in the league. Right. One Super Bowl appearance, to his credit. But... True, but like seven years in, you're kind of you're you are what you are. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Mills versus Tua. Well, yeah, damn. You're turning me over here, son. <laughs> this is crazy. I guess I'm going Davis Mills because he's not injury prone <laughs> like Tua is. This is unprecedented. Uh, Mills versus Jameis Winston. Another guy, like I said, with golf, by the time next year will be his eighth year in the league, you are what you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, so long, famous famous Jameis, but it's there's a new sheriff in town, I guess. Yeah. Winston only started seven games, so you know, he didn't have all the counting stats. 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. So you, you would take him over? No, no, no. I'm just kind of sad. This, this accuracy, it's 59%. He, how do you get LASIK and your accuracy actually goes down? <laughs> uh, moving on, Carson Wentz. Well, before you move on, so oh. with Jameis, so basically you would take Mills over all of New Orleans quarterbacks. Yeah. Taysom Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This, uh, man, this is something else. My eyes are opening. Uh, Carson Wentz. Man, that's a tough one because he's taking a, he's taking a lot of heat right now. <laughs> and I don't really want to add on to it, but. I think you got to go Mills. You think so? Man, I might take Wentz. It's another get, get back to me in another in one year, because that that'll be another. It might be by that time. It might be another. You are who you are situation. Wentz to me is like Dave, uh, <laughs> Derek Carr, where both of them were playing great. Mm-hmm. football until they got hurt going in their like almost MVP seasons and they've never been the same since like Wentz had he stayed healthy 
on that Super Bowl run that uh, Philadelphia made, he would have won the MVP that year instead of uh, I think Tom Brady won it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it, it's just another case of injuries, you know, derailing, potentially derailing a career, mm-hmm. another career. But yeah, I mean, ask me again in a year. Mm-hmm. And we might have a better understanding of who Carson Wentz is after that. But yeah, I guess I got to I gotta stick with the, the hometown kid. Um, and then moving up, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. This so I'm reading the uh, the author's comments and he's talking about how okay, so this is where it's quote Teddy Bridgewater, he's probably the new median for the Dalton scale, and that basically that was what his friend's scale to explain the mid 2000s Andy Dalton's place and the QB arrangement. So he says, if you had a QB better than Andy Dalton, he was a franchise guy, you have a QB below Dalton, you need to find a new one. That now feels true for Teddy Bridgewater, who rises and falls based on his surroundings. Yeah. Like, well, Bridgewater, you know, 14 games, 66.9 passing percentage, uh, 3,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Solid numbers. Solid I numbers feel like for a, a team that wasn't very good. That's... Like, if we wake up a year from now and Davis Mills has those numbers in 14 games, would it surprise you? No. I guess, yeah, no, it wouldn't. Because another thing about Davis Mills that I guess I'm taking, like, I'm part of my initial downgrade of him was just the lack of an offensive line that this team has. Mm-hmm. But I think if you shore up that offensive line, I think if you, use that early pick to shore up your offensive line, excuse me, then the possibility of those Teddy Bridgewater-esque numbers goes up and maybe they switch places in, in a year. No, I'm just, we're already in the, uh, the 20s. Let's see, Ted, on this ranking, Bridgewater was 19th and Carson was 20th. I don't think we're going to make it to the top 10. <laughs> In fact, the top, the top 10, the top 10, let's just eliminate right now. Uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, um, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr. Probably taking all those guys over. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely taking them. And then 11 is Ryan Tannehill. 12 is Russell Wilson. Yeah, take those two over him. Yeah, so go back to where we were. Okay, so number 18, Jimmy Garoppolo. Hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo had a nice season. He did, considering there's a lot of uncertainty about his job security. Yeah, 15 games, 68.3 passer percentage, over 3,800 yards. What's that, 8.6 yards per pass? Nice. 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. And he got his team to the, to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think you got to go Jimmy G. Yeah, I think that might be – if that's his ceiling, if that's uh, Mills's ceiling, I mean, you take that for a third-round pick. Sure. 
And then let's see, 17th. And wasn't Mac- Garoppolo a third round pick? Was he? You might be right. Mm-hmm. He was uh, second round. Okay. And then above Garoppolo, let's see, it was uh, Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. I'd probably take Mac Jones over. Um, although it's going to be interesting to see how their careers compare because Mac Jones was better this year, but is he a better player or did he just have better help around him? Mm-hmm. Um, 16 is Matt Ryan. Ooh, well, Matty Ice is getting up there. Yeah, there are a couple of guys below him I would take. I definitely, I'm sorry, it's Matt, I would take Jones's upside over Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Hurts is 15th. I would take him. Yeah. <laughs> Lamar Jackson. <laughs> this guy. I, you already know how I feel about the Ravens. I yelled into a mic about that before, but I still would take him. He's, he's still a former MVP. Mm-hmm. I think the problem with him is they rely on him too much. Yeah. I mean, this has been a problem. Like, which you never know which Ravens team, which Lamar Jackson you're getting each day. Above Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins. Another getting up there. And then Russell Wilson. Yeah, you still go with Russ. Mm-hmm. Quite interesting to see because I think, is he a free agent this year? Russ? Yeah. Huh. I don't think so. Because I think they would have traded him anyways. They, I think they would have traded him if, if he was. Russell Wilson. Let's see, contract. Runs through next season. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Or, uh, yeah, the 2023 season. Not be surprised if he gets traded and signed some like three year extension. I don't know. I think that part is over in Seattle. They had a good run. Yeah. But, you know, two Super Bowl Carroll's appearances, in one the 70s. win. Yeah. Hmm. You call him Pete Carroll old. He's getting up there. Oh, he is exactly 70. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we have Davis Mills, like what top twenty <laughs> lower end? Yeah, I changed your mind, didn't you? You didn't realize that all those quarterbacks Boy. between like twenty to twenty eight were basically the same dude. This is uncanny, man. I'm telling you, who would have thunk it? Mm-hmm. Like you look at. Mills's numbers and they're fine. It's like, what if he is? What if he had a competent offensive line and a head coach that knew he what he was doing? Mm-hmm. But um, speaking of quarterback, what do you think the Texans do with Deshaun Watson? Well, man, like I said, I mean, for all the 
comparisons that we just made, I still would take Deshaun over over Davis Mills if you know if they could get him back. Mm-hmm. So I think if you somehow sign someone like Brian Flores, who likes Deshaun Watson as well, who was you know trying to get him over anyways, um, I think you could you could make a run for trying to you know reconcile with him. It's a new coach. It's a new coaching staff that has nothing to do with all the old drama of the past, the, you know, the, the accusations, all that kind of stuff, the um, just everything that's been involved, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think Flores could, you know, I would like for Flores to go to him and say, look, let's get this, you know, we're, I'm here until you get this straightened out. We're waiting until you get this straightened out. Then we want you back. And tell him I've got your back, you know. Score update. San Francisco just scored a touchdown. Hey. Um, yeah, I don't know. Personally, if I was in charge, I would trade Deshaun Watson. And it's not just because of the accusation. It's also like, what's our ceiling here right now? Even with Deshaun Watson, is this a Super Bowl winning team? Right. Huh. No, the way it's yeah. constructed, it's not. Even with Deshaun Watson. So I would bl- blow it up and start all over. I think we made the case for Davis Mills. It may not be the strongest case, and it may be, you know, um, we may be blinded by fandom, but we made a case, damn it. But it yeah. is a case, a case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, if you, you and I both believe the Texans aren't going to be good for two, three more seasons, you might as well go with Davis Mills, see what he can get you, and try to rebuild through the draft. And that's what I'd do. What would you do? Would you trade him or would you, you keep him? Well, I mean, I would keep him, but if you decide to blow it up, then let's look at that draft order again. Then I think uh, the Lions just got, I mean, they just got Jared Goff, but they also got a lot of picks in that pick, in that draft, that trade. So it's like they have the capital to do it, but you could start with trading Deshaun to Detroit the number two pick and future first round pick, you know, and then maybe have the second and third pick in the draft, or you could trade those trade Deshaun to the giants. I don't think the jets are going to give up on Wilson at this. I mean, they just drafted him a year ago, but I think the giants would be willing to give up on Daniel Jones to get someone like Deshaun. And I think would be willing to give up that number five pick. I think you, you trade Deshaun Watson this year if if you can get two picks. Like, if you can maintain your, your number three pick in this year's draft and get another first-round top ten pick. Oh, you know, you're talking about that and talking about going to Detroit, and I just thought about something. Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause in his contract. Uh 
So he ain't going to Detroit. He ain't going to New Jersey, New York. Maybe he go to Carolina. It's close to Clemson, right? Was it? Is it Clemson? Clemson's in the South. Mm. Yeah, and all these reports from last year say that he's only he only dropped his no trade clause for. Well, I guess Miami. what team? Miami. Yep. And Miami. Exactly. That's it. So maybe you try to convince him to drop that clause and go to Carolina close enough to his alma mater. And Miami, they don't have their first round pick. It goes to Philadelphia. They do have San Francisco's first round pick. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm looking at this year. If you're going to trade Deshaun Watson, I don't think you trade him for anything outside of the top 10, a top 10 pick this year. I'm like, if you trade him, trade him for a first this year and one next year and whatever else you can get, which is why I still think the, tr- the best trade options right now are both the Jets and the um, Giants because they both have extra first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia has two first-round picks as well, the 15th and 16th pick, but I think they're still all in on Jalen Hurts. Looks like it. I mean, they, they, he got into the playoffs, and they, yeah. they went with him. I don't know how New York in New York team would do about that, but that won't be our problem. That wasn't. Right. All right. So San Francisco is currently up seven to nothing against Dallas. Um, so you ready to get out? Done football. Anything else? It's as good a time as any. Um, let's see. Any quick things to talk about? Um the Chargers Charger once again. Whoa. They could have tied to get in the playoffs. And of course, boy, they... that was that was insane. Yeah. It seems like the Raiders were willing to play for a tie until the Chargers head coach calls uh called that timeout and I don't know, kind of pissed off the Raiders. Mm-hmm. It's a one time in life you want to tie, and of course you don't get it because that's the world we live in. Um Antonio Brown. That entire situation is over. <laughs> yes. Do you think he plays in the NFL again? Yeah. I mean, well, he's what, 32, 33 now? I think he gets one more chance and then he's going to be too old to be doing all this stuff. Oh, let's see. It's only about age 33. Uh, yeah. I think if we get one more shot with somebody. And then that'll be it. He can't afford to get kicked out anymore. Yeah, I saw all those um, when people just uh, reported saying that he was upset because he was going to miss um, the bonuses he had in his contract for yards and catches and things like that. And we need to discuss the fact that he would have had all those bonuses in yards and stuff like that if he hadn't have missed three games for lying about his vaccination <laughs> status. Yeah. 
I, I don't know what to think about. It wasn't about. even the last game of the season. It wasn't. I don't know what one more to game. You know that, and I know that. I don't know if he knew that. <laughs> um, I like, don't they know. added another game. It's just like, what? Yeah, he got back to the locker and said, we got how many games? Uh, uh, I don't know what to say about him that, you know, I'm trying to be respectful about the fact that he may be dealing with um, mental health issues, but it's also I mean, like he talks about that hit. Oh yeah, that, that hit he took from Perfect. Yeah, but also we gotta talk about how like his his stepdaddy like threw him out of the house because he was wilding as a child, Ooh. as a teenager. So mm-hmm. this is something that like that hit probably didn't help, but he's always been this guy. Mm-hmm. So like I want to be respectful when we're talking about mental health, but also like it's your mental health. You you it's like Kanye West when he's talking about oh I don't want to take my medication because. Um, it it hinders me in, as an artist. It's like, well, you still have a responsibility. You can't just lay down the mental health card like it's the get out of jail free card in Monopoly. Right, exactly. Now, there's still always going to be a level a level of culpability and and you know just personal responsibility you mm-hmm. have to take. Yeah. But you know what else I've learned in my years? You don't always have to have an opinion. And you don't always have to um, tell people your opinion. Sometimes you can just see something and be like, you know what? I'm going to shut the fuck up. Hey, it's worked for me for yeah. 34 years. <laughs> I see, like, when this whole situation was happening, people were giving their thoughts and their takes on Twitter. I just didn't say anything because, you know what? Who cares? <laughs> Honestly. I know more complex fuck. than my opinion. Yeah, and honestly, who the fuck cares about my opinion? I'm not. <laughs> I'm just a nobody in the grand scheme of things. Like, let me just let, let me just shut up and let people who know things, you know, say something. I'll just be quiet. Mm-hmm. I've learned that, and I've used that more and more. You know, as I get older, and especially in the world of Twitter and social media, <laughs> right. sometimes, like. I got people who follow me and people I consider my friends online, but y'all don't need to know my every thought. I do enough talking on this podcast. (laughs) I couldn't have said it better. Uh, Oh, Amari just texted me, said, say, tell Anthony I said hello. Oh, tell him I said hello as well. I shall. All right. So we're done. Um, Let's get out of here so we'll watch the rest of this game. Um, Anthony, it's always a pleasure speaking to you. Absolutely. Enjoy it as always. And um, oh, so last time we did the podcast, I accidentally hit the exit button instead of just hitting the, <laughs> uh, the uh, in the recording button. So you didn't get to talk about um, yeah, the ending. I just I just kind of changed up my ending. You know, it's New Year. Just say later. Get out of here. The last thing I, I remember from that podcast, your shocked faces. I hit X. <laughs> My bad, man. Oh, it's all good. It was it was very suspenseful. It was great though. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. I'll edit this. And um, you guys be hearing this on Monday. You guys have a happy um MLK day for all you who are off, unlike me. Um <laughs> uh, and um, you know. We can talk off air, but uh, you know, I'm thinking about next month getting back to two to a week. Yeah. That'll work. 
Interesting. All right, time to stop reminiscing. Let's get out of here. For Anthony, I'm the Quincy. Later.